You're listening to American Girl Women with Laura Treader and Lindsay Adams-Franca. This is a podcast where two millennial gals gather around the microphone and reminisce on the cultural phenomenon that took our childhood by storm, American Girl Dolls. Contrary to what you might think, we aren't just talking about dolls here. We're diving into the high highs and the low lows of getting hooked on American Girl and all the childhood memories that come flooding back. So join us and a few special guests each week as we become American Girl Women. Today on American Girl Women, we are joined by Nicole Daniels, an actor and writer who also creates content on TikTok and Instagram about history, labor, and culture. Growing up in Maryland, Nicole had a strong love for AG as well as acting and perfectly combined those two interests as she was a child costumed historical interpreter and also volunteered and later worked at historical sites in the DC, Maryland area. We are so thrilled to have her join us today to hear all about her experiences with American Girl. Nicole, welcome to AGW. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. We are so excited to be recording with you today, Nicole. We've loved your content from afar on Instagram, and we just knew that there was a story there that needed to be shared. (laughs) So we're so excited to get into a little bit about that and also, you know, your memories of American Girl. Thank you. I'm flattered and and (laughs) excited and I've loved following your content as well. So this is fun for me. (laughs) Thank you so much. Uh, The content you create is just so witty and fun and humorous. Like I love that. I love everything you do, but especially your American Girl content. Like (laughs) it's so varied between the skits. I loved your recent Halloween (laughs) Samantha video. But like you had like a really great documentary with the American (laughs) girls, um, unpleasant. Um. (laughs) I'm glad that 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 those have reached this particular audience. I'm happy for them to reach whoever, but this is particularly meaningful. (laughs) Yes. Oh my God. It's so humorous. Your, your mock American girl magazine cover as well. We thoroughly (laughs) enjoyed. (laughs) Seriously. Oh my goodness. But also like aside from AG, like I loved your Queen Elizabeth TikTok lives. I need to make another one of those. I I (laughs) love knowing that people enjoy the history ones because those are probably whenever my friends ask me, what are your favorites? It's the history, the kind of weird American girl doll stuff that really hits that is closest to my heart, I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like such a niche and it's just so, <laughs> so good. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, before we get into all things American Girl with you, Nicole, would you tell us what you were like growing up? I was definitely a nerdy kid who loved acting. So those I think were my two biggest things ever since ever. I was always like creating stories and acting things out in my living room, but also early on was very interested in history. Mm-hmm. And some of that I think came from movies and books, but the biggest thing was American Girl. And so as a kid, the intersection of acting and history was very strong for me and realizing, oh, these are stories of girls from the past and I'm also going to act them out in my bedroom and in my house. Uh, It was very central to my growing up. 
I love that. How was your interest in acting nurtured? Were you in like school plays or community theater? Like how did that first develop? I think it really just developed in my house. So my parents were very supportive of my various interests and I did do school plays and a little bit of community theater, but so much of it was just my imagination. And every day after school, I would do what my parents and I called stories, which was I would just come home and I had all these little props and I would I would play all of the characters, not so dissimilar from what I do on TikTok and Instagram. And I would act out these stories that were often historical. And I think that's really where it was nurtured in addition to acting in like traditional plays. But also the other big thing was being a child costume historical interpreter, which is probably the thing that my parents had to support me with the most because they had to take me to these historic sites. But once again, it's the history acting (laughs) intersection. Oh, wow. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Was that at like a living history museum or what was the Yes, similar. So I I don't know how I even found found out this was a thing to do because my parents were not at all involved in any kind of costumed interpretation (laughs) of museums or, or anything. But in the early internet, I found out that George Washington's Mount Vernon had volunteered costumed historical interpreters. And I told my parents, I want to do this. And so they would drive me down on the weekend, one day a weekend during the summer, and I would be in the hands-on history tent dressed in costume, portraying girls from the past. And then I went on to do it at other historic sites, but it was the perfect intersection of history and, and acting. Seriously. Did they give you like a character and costume and then like the background or like, did you have to kind of figure that out for yourself? Not exactly. A lot of it was just me. And they were not, most of the places <laughs> I worked at were not as into first person interpretation. So they would do third person, which is wearing the costume, but talking about it as though they're in the present day. So wearing a costume, but knowing what pizza is and what a car is. Mm. I was like, that is not how it should be done. Why would I be wearing this whole costume and know what a car is? And so I yes. would just be these characters I made up that were very American girl influenced, like Felicity influenced, because that was where I was probably consuming most of my historical content as a young kid. And then I would go and do guerrilla costume interpretation. And so there are pictures of me at Colonial Williamsburg, and I would just show up in my costume and kids in particular would approach me and I would teach them about the past and about this is what we would be doing together in the 1700s. Oh my goodness. Wait, was that... Not through them. It was really just, I showed up and was like, <laughs> I'm going to be doing this here Wait, I did at Hampton incredible. Court Palace. Like I was really deep into guerrilla costume interpretation. That is so <laughs> cool. <gasps> I am so impressed. I don't, I don't know if it was cool, but right? <laughs> I love this. I'm so impressed by this. I also love how like you wanted to make it like a method experience and not like, you know, tainting it with the knowledge of like pizza and cell phones. I I think that that's so amazing. And it makes so much sense that like American Girl does intersect with that because I feel like just the nature of American Girl itself encourages you to like 
act out scenarios with your dolls or things you've read in the books and like also the like little plays that they used to like have that you could act out I think it sounds like the perfect intersection um but you also mentioned in your bio that you loved Anne of Green Gables and Little House Mm -hmm. on the Prairie which are some of Lindsay and I's favorite um like historical fiction as well do you feel like those stories intersected with your love of history and American Girl? And how did you get into those stories? That's a great question. Yes, they definitely intersected. Um, I American Girl was the gateway into history in general. I mean, I wrote my college essay about how American Girl got me into history. So that was, oh. that was the point of entry. Wow. And I would not have been doing any costumed interpretation were it not for that, because those books really taught me not only did girls and women exist in history, but they played an important role. So I think that was really my framework as a kid. But I think I must have discovered Little House on the Prairie and the like larger series. Did you all read mm-hmm. those where it was about also her grandmother and mm-hmm. her grandmother and like then the family mm-hmm. in Scotland? I was deep into those as well. And I guess probably just from the library. And Anne of Green Gables, I really loved the movie, the like Canadian version from the 80s? Yes. Mm-hmm. Megan follows. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Such um, a long watch, but I it didn't mm-hmm. face me at all as a kid. I was like, I will be sitting through all three and a half hours. <laughs> oh, yes. No, it's so it's so magical and it and it just it honestly like that character feels like she could be an American girl. Um, except yeah. she's Canadian. Um <laughs> she's a Canadian girl, but um <laughs> but no, I I love how many people we've spoken with that have said that like Anne of Green Gables intersects with like their love of American Girl because they truly feel like they embody like the same spirit mm-hmm. in a lot of ways and just, you know, make like history from the point of view of a like young girl narrator um, so much more accessible, which totally. who doesn't love that. And so I would say also Laura Ingalls Wilder and the other characters mm-hmm. in, the, in the people who wrote the other books in that series. Um, yeah. Similarly, like independent, Mm -hmm. strong. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Nicole, did you have friends that were also involved in these interests along with you or was it more of like a solo activity? I thought that the question could have just been, Nicole, did you have friends? Because <laughs> describing these, it's, a, it's a bit like, what were you doing out there? Um, <laughs> I said I would enlist my friends in yeah. these imaginary worlds. I don't think I had any friends who on their own were into it. I think in being on TikTok and Instagram and realizing how many of us were doing this, I now feel like, where were they all? Like, I wish we'd all be friends together. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) My friends were very open to it. So I was often casting them as other people in these worlds that I had created. Yeah. And they were all very game. I hope. I mean, (laughs) they were into the other roles. And I did have friends who had... American Girl. I was never other American Girl dolls. I wasn't huge on, 
I, I had the dolls, but I wasn't huge on creating historical scenes or huge scenes with them. They were often like my children, which I guess they still are in some of my TikToks. <laughs> um, they played different roles. They're actually sitting here next to me. Um, but I think that, yeah, my friends w- would engage, but it wasn't, I would say it was not a big part of the communities I was primarily in. That's interesting. Can I ask about the costumes and what you were wearing when doing these visits? Like, were they ever supplied to you or were these things that you owned? Sometimes they were supplied. So I worked at the Star Spangled Banner Flag House, which is where Mary Pickersgill sewed the Star Spangled Banner that flew over Fort McHenry during the War of 1812 and the Battle of Baltimore. Um, And that (laughs) I did wear a costume that was supplied to me. But a lot of them I got and I saved allowance money, saved babysitting money. I have that reproduction Queen Elizabeth I dress was something I saved my money from working at the flag house to buy. Oh my God, Um, that is incredible. (laughs) So yeah, it was a mix of things in terms of, but a lot of the costumes were, I would say like 1780s through like 1880s probably. And so uh, quite a few I could use at multiple sites. Yeah, that's fair. Did you have a favorite look that you had? In general, as a kid, I was obsessed with pinafores, which is 100% because of Samantha's blue pinafore Mm -hmm. dress with a white pinafore. And I was on a quest to find that exact pinafore. And whenever my family and I would travel, we'd often go to Canada for like holidays. They would look like, could we find the pinafore dress? And so that I would say was, is the style I always saw. It's a classic for a reason. Um, mm-hmm. She, she really slayed a lot of pinafore looks yeah. um, between the birthday and the little yeah. chore dress. It was so cute. Seriously. <laughs> the chore dress wasn't a look that they had for like girls to get like the birthday dress. Nice. Yeah. They, I don't think they like offered it. Uh, we've looked at a lot of catalogs lately. Yeah. I don't think we've seen that one or any of the other like secondary outfits that like aren't like main focus, like book ones, but the birthday look was like the one that had the pinafore, I think available in girl size, but that might've been like more formal. I haven't like seen it up close, but like, I imagine like a birthday pinafore is a little bit more fancy than like the work yeah, the play one, dress. The one I really loved. Yeah. The, the no frills, the very much, I don't know. I, I was obsessed with that dress. Authentic <laughs> for the day-to-day. Yes. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> um, well, let's get into your first experiences being exposed to American Girl, Nicole. Do you remember what it was like to get your first doll and how that came about? I do. So I must have seen them first in the catalog when I was really young. And I got my first doll, Josefina, when I was four or five from my grandma. So my parents never got me the dolls themselves. Um, and so either they were presents for my grandma or fr- or I saved money for them. And I remember th- the shape of the box was how I... <laughs> And I, yeah, I remember being so thrilled. That was the one I wanted. I looked like Josefina. So it felt just like a match made in heaven. I feel like that's young for it. When I look back and like it was four or five. Wow. 
but I treated them very delicately. (laughs) No, I was, I was ready for the doll, I think. And I think my second doll was Samantha. But yeah, the first was the first was Josefina. My family, my parents' families live in Chicago. Mm -hmm. And so we would go to visit them regularly. And I would always have to decide which doll I would bring with me. And I remember having this anxiety of, but what if they are real? And what if they know that I'm oh, kidding? No. Other one? <laughs> and I would always try to like rotate. And, but it would really, my mom would always say, you can only bring one with you. And it always, I, I was like, I know they're not real. But what if? <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that like empathic behavior. I feel like that's so relatable because I had, um, I think I had five American Girl dolls altogether. And um, I remember feeling the same way. Like when I'd get a new one, I'd be like, but I can't forget about the old ones. Right. Yeah. <laughs> There's something very real about them. And even um, in the sublet I'm staying in, they are, I have three of them here with me and they sleep on the, they sleep on this bed and the cat is always with them. Oh my God. Like, what is that about? She never seemed to like really interact with them before, but she spends most of her day curled up in the midst of the American Girl dolls. And I'm like, there's some energy there. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That is so interesting. (laughs) (laughs) That is so funny. So after getting Josefina and then segueing into the other dolls, do you remember what drew you to Samantha, Felicity, and Kit? Hmm. Samantha is, I think, my favorite time period that mm-hmm. is covered in the American Girl doll series. And I loved that pinafore. I loved her clothes, I think, the most. Yeah. I loved her hair. I liked her little bangs and her curls. And then I'm trying to remember, I think I got Kit several years later where I start to feel like I was a bit too old. Mm-hmm. I think I kind of okay. hit a point where it was like, okay, I was maybe eight, nine or 10 and not really engaging with them in the same way, but still really felt drawn to American Girl. And Kit, I think I was excited about because she was new and I liked her little bob haircut. And I was interested in that time period. I really was interested by the Great Depression, I guess. Um, And Felicity, I think, had been not available for a period of time in my childhood and then was re-released is what I recall. Interesting. I think I remember her being available because I think I got her when I was like too old. Like I Mm. I think it was 10 or 11 and her hair is still perfect because of that. (laughs) (laughs) I think I can tell when I got them based on how nice their hair is. <laughs> Felicity was one where I also loved her clothes. I liked the color of her hair and her little ringlets. I think that's why I was drawn to them. But it was always, I would say the time period was always really important to me. The history always came at the forefront of what time period of history was I most interested in. Oh, but now I also do have Addie, who was gifted to me by a fan. Oh my oh, goodness. Amazing. amazing. Yeah. I've seen Addie in your content and was wondering when she came into the picture. And Kit has actually never appeared in my content. So she's <laughs> the only one still at my parents' house. I hope she feels okay about that. Um, but I keep her there just in case when I go back, I need to film something. I don't have yeah. enough. I'll make you someday. Oh my God. That is so funny. 
In addition to the dolls, were you also receiving their outfits? Sometimes. So once again, my parents were not big. (laughs) I mean, they supported my love, I think, more for the history side of it than for the material side. And my mom often got me like knockoff clothes from craft fairs that she would Mm -hmm. go to. And I hated them. No. not the right dress like this is not from the catalog so that was terrible on my part Um, (laughs) but I I would say mostly I had I have a handful of clothes and maybe I had like a bed for one of them at one point but it was really yeah it was it was really just the dolls yeah that's fair because the historical time period was really important to you and like the choosing of the dolls were you primarily engaging with like their stories through the books rather than say like setting them up to play with them in a certain way yeah it was mostly through the books and then I would kind of cast them as I do now in other imaginary play I was doing but it was mostly through the books that I was like thinking about them and engaged with them. I, did have, I also had a bitty baby at one point and I also had, which this just came to me at one point, I don't, maybe it was Mattel by then it wasn't Pleasant Roland, but partnered with Angelina Ballerina. Yes. And I had yes. the Angelina Ballerina like fold out thing. Cause I was really into paper Cute. dolls as well mm-hmm. as a kid. And so I think that folds out and the Angelina Ballerina stuff was really That was the other thing I had from the company. That's really cute. I just saw a catalog recently that had the Angelina Ballerina stuff in it. And like, it's such like a cute little character collection. (laughs) Which I guess now I do my like rap public radio. So it's all, it's all. Full circle. Seriously. I love that. Getting back to the clothing for AG, um, Nicole, were there any items that you like really wish that you had? Probably all of the like clothes for girls, for human girls. I have this, the same outfit as Josefina's meat dress. And I remember we went to the American Girl doll store in Chicago at one point and noticed that all of the clothes were 50% off. And my mom was kind of like, huh, that's so weird. And then that was it. They never sold them. And like, oh my goodness. That talked about like, oh, we should have just gotten them then. Like, had we known? Because they were such great, pretty accurate historical clothes. Yeah. So that's the thing I really wish I had. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It seems like the clothes were a good quality too. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I have the Josefina dress still. Oh my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and not to sound too like stalkery, but like, did I also see that you had Samantha's nightgown in I one do. of your videos? Yeah. So that, because they brought the nightgowns back, I think I had it once as a kid. And then also I did get the adult or like the 12 size 12 when I was an yeah. older child. <laughs> oh my God. That is like the best, like that's a top tier nightgown. Oh, it's so, so gorgeous. Yes. With the love pink that. ribbons. Oh mm. my God. I love it. <laughs> that's a great one it was very I also loved Wendy and Peter Pan like the one with humans mm-hmm. it felt like a very adjacent nightgown yeah yes oh my gosh nothing like a Victorian era <laughs> nightgown or Edwardian era <laughs> nightgown so to, to really like help you get into character honestly <laughs> seriously those catalog pages were some of my absolute favorite like it was just so enticing the fact to like 
be able to dress up like the characters. And I mean, you took it to a whole other level doing like the historic reenactments. Yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot of fun. And I did go to the opening of the American Girl Doll Store in Chicago in my dress as Josefina. Um, with Josefina. And when I got there, I guess they had sent somebody from Time Magazine to do a piece, an article about new stores. And they photographed me all throughout the store with Josefina and ended up taking this photo of us in the cafe with like the waiter's hand pouring the the coffee or the whatever we were drinking in the cafe. And it's in Time Magazine. Next to like Sephora. Was when Sephora had just opened. Yeah. Oh, that is so cool. That is incredible. what like a moment in time, literally yeah. a moment in yeah. time. Right? <laughs> do you still have the issue? I do. I have multiple copies. Of my mom <laughs> multiple copies of the issue. Yeah. Wow. As you should. That's amazing. Yes, yes, I can definitely share those. Wow. So oh, wow. how did you find out about the store opening? Do you remember? I don't remember. I wonder if it was in the magazine at some point. And I think because it was in Chicago and that's where my family was, it like made Mm. sense. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I had like a similar situation where I stumbled upon the New York store opening just like while I was visiting relatives in New York. And I don't know if it was the same with the Chicago store opening because I feel like they had scaled so much by the time New York was Mm. opening. But did you just feel like it was like a sea of like young girls and their mothers and like dolls like everywhere? It was magic. (laughs) I mean, still going to the store, I've gone back a couple of times and there is something just about it where I'm like, do I need another doll? There's just like yes. a bag, the like large bag that is characteristic yeah. of having the doll. It's just, but the dolls look different now, which is weird to me. And right. even yeah. Josefina to the cafe, she couldn't fit in the seats because the dolls are thinner, like slightly thinner now. And I just like oh. stuff her in the seat. Yeah. I have That's- heard that before. And that just seems like such a, bad move on their part because it means that like the clothes aren't like interchangeable either Mm -hmm. for like older versus newer that's so odd and when I went I asked them about replacing Felicity's eye because it doesn't stay open (laughs) and the woman at the hospital who worked there was like I don't think you should do that because now the eyes are plastic interesting have you ever looked at getting her eye fixed from like a doll um what do you call that, Maybe, Laura? Like refurbisher. Maybe refurbisher. Yeah. Like oh a, no, I haven't. But that might be independent refurbisher. I I guess it's it's the eyelid. Because it so, sometimes stays open. I'm looking at her now. It sometimes <laughs> does stay open. Yeah. There's this Instagram account called AG Doll Cleaning, and they do like incredible restorations on dolls, and it's like nice because. If you have the Pleasant Company era dolls, like they don't mess with them, like kind of in the mm-hmm. way that you were just talking about by like changing materials or anything mm-hmm. like that. So that's like my plan for my dolls. But it's just it's tough because like at the hospital, if they're literally like turning you away because they're like, don't, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't, don't, don't mess with it. it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been to any of the stores recently, like either in LA or New York? I have. I went to the New York store in the spring, 
with a friend and like went to the cafe and it was so fun. And I had chicken tenders, my favorite food. <laughs> but now that I'm newly in LA, I was just saying to my girlfriend, we have to go to the cafe. We have to go explore the store. She just went online and designed her own doll, which is now a thing you can do. So yeah. I wanted yes. to I wanted to check it out. Absolutely. I it's supposed to be amazing. The the world building of American Girl mm-hmm. is just incredible. I know you have talked about this before, but like it's just it's really amazing when I really think about I had the paper dolls, I had the plays, I had the cookbooks, I had I the world even if you didn't no, I didn't have a lot of like clothes for them, but there was still, there were so many ways, so many points of entry yep. to, to explore. Also, I loved my favorite were the books, those big books about the history. What were those yes. books? Like, about, yeah, like the world of Josefina, yeah, the world of Tampa. Oh, I loved those. Those books yeah. are stunning. Laura actually got, got one for me for my birthday a few years ago and it's <laughs> such a good mix of like the historic fiction of Samantha's world and then nonfiction. it's like so well done yeah I know I love them I feel like you know how like you'll see in like Pinterest interior photos people will have those like massive like coffee table books like Tom Ford <laughs> or whatever like yeah. that is my massive coffee table right. book. Like, it's just like <laughs> I should put them out like that people would I actually feel like people would love them because right? it's really great teaching I think yes. as as a teaching document they're really accessible and interesting yeah Seriously. Absolutely. Um, Were you drawn to like any specific historic book series from the American Girl collection? I did love Samantha. I remember, it's interesting. I remember a lot from the Molly books, even though I was Mm -hmm. never big on Molly, but maybe that time period. I remember reading them all multiple times. And I did actually recently reopen. I read some of Addie's and some of Samantha's again. I was like, these are great. Yeah. they're written in such an interesting way, but that it, it isn't too difficult. Like I think multiple kids of over different ages can access it. It They're so well done. Yeah. No, it's actually amazing how much I've still enjoyed them as an adult, even though it only takes like an hour to read one of them now, <laughs> but it's like, or probably more, but like it's, they're actually like legitimately great stories with really good storytelling mm-hmm. yeah without like being condescending to kids like they feel very much like accurate and like you know good like holistic portrayals of like the time period but um it's kind of amazing how well the books hold up like if you revisit them as an adult yeah it's sad or I think it's sad that they've shortened them now or now it's just like yeah. the three books because, and I get that they weren't selling in the same way, but I do think that there was something so special about that structure and it was predictable, but different. And yeah. Yeah, no, that's so true. Fully um, aligned. <laughs> Nicole, you mentioned being into, you know, many different touch points of American Girl. Was the magazine something that you were engaging with? I loved the magazine. I also loved their books, like The Care and Keeping of You. Mm -hmm. I think I had a lot of the other books, but I did love the magazine. And what's interesting is when you all have shared on Instagram snippets from it, I remember 
so much of them. Yeah, it's <laughs> I crazy, don't even right? know. I don't remember anything else from my childhood like that. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, I remember this specific girl who was profiled. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's crazy how like sometimes reading like even like the like help stories or something like that. I'll be like, I kind of remember this one. <laughs> I think I must have read them multiple times. That must have mm -hmm. been part of it. But mm -hmm. yeah, I remember them vividly. Right. Oh my gosh. Do you remember what your favorite section was? I did like the help. I think in general, like I also as a kid really liked chicken soup for the teenagers. Yes. Oh my God. I love books. those books. So I think that I was drawn to. I did really like the guests or who's that woman or what, who's that girl where they yep. would show a famous woman. I did love those. I was a oh. fan. Yeah. The help section offered really practical advice that is still very relevant today. Like it's advice that is really solid and I hope guided a lot of people. I know it did for me. Like I also had the help books mm -hmm. growing up. I also like didn't have like a lot of like the clothes or accessories for my doll. I just had Felicity, but I had like every book from the American Girl Library, like the modern day books were really an important part of like my American Girl experience. And those help books were just really fascinating to see like guidance, especially with like friendships and family. It like, was a issues. bullying book and mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, it was really good. Seriously, totally. there were, there was just so many like, name a topic an American girl created a book to address it it was kind of <laughs> incredible <Yeah>. seriously <laughs> it's so true so Nicole obviously we kind of discovered you in the Instagram algorithm through um a few hilarious videos um well there's actually more than a few that um that you created using your American girl dolls as props can you kind of get into you know how you segued from play acting as a child sort of <laughs> with American Girl involved to how you're using them now in your comedy and Instagram and TikTok content yes um I guess it happened somewhat organically um where I was filming different TikToks and they were like we want to be in it no um they, <laughs> I, was just, I was realizing that I needed different actors to play certain roles like a child and at a certain point I was like wait I should use my American Girl dolls and when I went to um take a look at how they were doing in my parents' house, I was like, ooh, they smell terrible. That was the first <laughs> experience. I don't know why, but there's a very specific odor that not all have, but some of them have. And I was like, I don't even know if I can work with them. This is so intense. <laughs> um, and then I found that their bodies were just hanging on quite literally by a thread. And I had left them seated, which I later learned you're not meant to store them like that. They should be lying down flat or standing up because they were seated for so long that the strings that went into their legs were so flimsy and frayed that the legs don't really stay in place. And from there, I was like, wait, there's a lot of natural comedy built into their mere existence <laughs> at this point. Um, and I think when I, I think the first time I did it was having Samantha play 
Prudence, who is the child of the like Brooklyn babysitting mom. (laughs) And it just felt right that she would be playing the role of a child named Prudence. And I wasn't sure though, if anyone would get it or if people would find it funny or people would recognize it, Samantha, if like doll collectors would be like, how dare you? This is so sacrilegious to use her in this way. (laughs) But immediately people got it and thought it was super funny. And, and then I was like, okay, I got to keep using them and finding different ways to use them. And then when I've used them in other historical skits there, they just, they are amazing actors. You know, they fall <laughs> over when they should, they, and then I, all of that physical comedy is there. And then my followers own associations with the dolls is really where it gets fun to me when people are like of course Felicity is playing that role or like leave it to Felicity to do x y and z and that I think is really fun to see like all of us now all grown up um, (laughs) with these memories of American Girl and able to like laugh and and look at them in a totally new way yeah absolutely I mean I think that regardless of whether or not you're like talking about American Girl like very much you know like in a nostalgia way or if you're just like bringing the imagery into content it's crazy how many people are I think just now because it's having such a renaissance like coming around and being like oh my god I had American Girl I remember like or like you know like my Samantha has loose limbs as well (laughs) like (laughs) things like things like that I feel like are just coming up so much right now because I mean, it's definitely, like, not a coincidence that, like, everybody in our generation seems to be, like, revisiting their <laughs> their love of American Girl. That's so awesome. <laughs> yeah. No, it is. It's been really fun to hear people's connections. Do you have any ideas that you're sort of like ruminating on for future content with your dolls? I had a lot of fun doing the documentary mockumentary about American Girl and I would love to (laughs) more in that realm where it's more explicitly about American Girl and these kind of weird worlds that they could be existing in. I think I often use them as just other characters who are needed in the scene but I want to do some that are more AG specific. Yeah, I mean they they really do lend themselves to to both uh, directions, honestly. But we <laughs> will look forward to seeing more AG specific content, and we will absolutely keep our followers posted as well because <laughs> we love what we've been seeing so far. <laughs> Nicole, this has been so much fun hearing all about your really your life with AG from the early ages through to today, like. We love when our guests still have that AG connection, like through adulthood. I think that's like really awesome that you're finding ways to make them relevant in your life today. Um, But what would you say is the lasting impression that American Girl left on you? I would say it's my love for history, um, that it really taught, that American Girl taught me that not only were girls and women important in, in history, but that I too was and would be important in in the history that I was living. And I think it made me an educator and made me interested in teaching history and whether as a costumed historical interpreter or I was a museum educator at a certain point, none of those things would have happened if it weren't for American Girl. And I'm grateful that now I can use them in humorous ways. But I think the core for me of American Girl is that 
that side of empowerment and, and representation. I love that. It really like opens the world of the past, mm-hmm. you know, that makes it like accessible and exciting and relevant and interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And really like from a history standpoint, encourages you to learn about historical time periods that weren't always covered in school, which Mm -hmm. I really appreciate. And, you know, I hope that there are other ways with American Girl, you know, always like changing and developing um, since our peak. I hope that there are, you know, still ways for young people to engage with girls' stories in the way that American Girl allowed us to, because it's just so amazing getting to see like history through a young girl's perspective instead of like the usual womp womp yeah. man perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> honestly though well Nicole if you were an American Girl doll what three accessories would you come with (laughs) I would probably come with in reality a like a tripod (laughs) yeah today because making content has become very central to my life I would love to come with my if these if these two can be together my dog and cat I yeah. love the, the Coco dog was that what his name was Coconut? yeah Coconut. yes yeah so I would love to have a Penelope and Juniper of my cat and my dog um I feel like my third would probably just be a cute tote bag because I love a tote bag and I feel like American Girl could do something really nice with that I love that. Would it have True. like a, a logo or a phrase on it in particular? I would actually love something like my shirt that I'm wearing, which is my Samantha <gasps> yes. shirt. I would love an American girl referencing American girl to <laughs> or even oh like God. the old 90s logo that they brought back recently. Yep. I would be into that too as a tote. I would love that as a tote too. (laughs) All right. Well, Nicole, you gave us a couple of your favorite celebrities. And what I'm really excited about is that you gave us some historical celebrities. So (laughs) we don't often get this opportunity, um, but I'm going to do two of them because I think we have to cover both. Um, Which American girl do you think Anne Boleyn would have? (laughs) I feel like Anne Boleyn, my first thought was Felicity. And I don't know if I'm thinking that just because she's one of the, I guess, Kaya's the oldest in time. Mm-hmm. But I feel like Felicity is giving independent woman with some mischief. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Even also with a slightly darker side. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's where I'd lean to for that. Love it makes a lot of sense and I I feel like I know the answer that I feel for this one and Lindsay might have something in mind as well but which American girl do you think Anastasia would have oh my god wait I'm really curious I think but see I'm doing the same thing of time period I'm like Samantha <laughs> I, I, I feel like uh, well I feel like I think Samantha time period yes but also like yeah they like look alike I feel like but also I just feel like that vibe is in line with like 
her vibe, but I also mischief and kind of the tomboy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, if we picked a different one of the Romanov sisters, I may have like a slightly different answer. Like, I think like, you know, maybe like Maria, more of a Josefina vibe. Um, Tatiana. Tatiana. Yeah. (laughs) Who would Olga be? (laughs) I feel like Olga would be like, maybe Olga's a Josefina. I feel like one of like the sweeter ones, Mm. but also she gave off like bossy vibes from what I've read about her. Didn't know her personally. (laughs) (laughs) Um, She might be a Felicity too, but yeah, I definitely think that each of the four of them would probably identify differently. Right. But (laughs) yeah, I feel like Samantha is pretty spot on for Anastasia and Anastasia has come up here and there on our podcast. We've definitely mentioned our girl, but never in the celebrity question. (laughs) Yeah. I'm so happy you put her. I I was really into like, there was a section of books in my library. I remember where it was of just like, books about Anastasia and the Romanovs yeah and I was so interested because that was before they knew that Anna Anderson was not Anastasia like the woman mm. who be. and I made my mom like read her uh bio or somebody wrote a biography about her and my mom read it for me to try to see like was it really her or not I was I was really deep in the like historical side yeah yeah well definitely the movie does not follow many historical (laughs) accuracies but for like the age that we were when it came out it like seemed very historical and I saw like a picture on Instagram of like one of the outfits she was wearing and I was like oh my god that's like my dream outfit and Mm -hmm. it's been in my brain forever so (laughs) it definitely worth a a watch just to be like oh my god it's so wild that they think like this is what Rasputin was like right Right. Seriously, <laughs> the movie was good from what I remember. I haven't seen it in a while, but it's like very um it's interesting. It's fantastical. I think there's like a talking bat. Is, yeah. is it a bat? Yeah. Like yes. as Rasputin's sidekick. Um <laughs> mm-hmm. but it it spends I think most of the movie following like the adult Anastasia trying to remember like mm-hmm. if she actually was anastasia like the adult anastasia voiced by meg ryan (laughs) no way yeah (laughs) it had a really good song in it though i remember loving yes once upon a something once upon upon a December. december Yeah, yeah, a lot of famous people, John Cusack, Angela Lansbury, Mm. Kirsten Dunst is young Anastasia. That's kind of sly for her. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. What a role. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I'm so glad you brought us two historical celebrities that we could unpack. (laughs) My pleasure. Seriously. Oh my goodness, Nicole, this has been such a pleasure. We absolutely loved connecting with you tonight. It has been so fun for me. Thank you so much for having me on and for all the conversation. It's been so fun. So so much fun. Now, where could everybody find you after this? So I am on Instagram at Nicole Olive and on TikTok at Nicole Olive D. Well, thank you, Nicole, so much for joining us. And thank you, everybody, for listening. We will see you next time. Bye.
Thank you for listening to American Girl Women. For more AG Women content, follow us on IG at American Girl Women or send us your American Girl stories via AmericanGirlWomen at gmail.com. We might just read them on the pod. If you like this podcast, tell your friends and rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts.